great to be here. Please take a seat. Thank you. What a privilege it is to be speaking in this great church. Amen. It's been around for a few hundred years. It's fantastic. <laughs> My wife and I have been married for 45 years. I got married, uh, I was born two years before that. And uh, we got three kids and uh, six grandchildren. I know, can you believe it? I mean, I look so young. Anyway, uh, so it's just great to be here. It really is. And um, it's a great home church, great church to be in. Anybody else reckon that's a great, it's a great church? To... Amen. Alan and Alan are great. Uh, we, uh, I still can beat them on the jet ski. They don't win those races. Amen. Wairua tapu. Harimai. Holy Spirit, come. I thought I'd, two or three months ago, I started praying about this service thinking, what did I talk about? And this message came into my mind fairly quickly. Uh, got a bunch of other messages, but this one just kept popping up. So this is the one. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. And so let's engage with God today. Can I ask you to do that? Let's just engage with him. I know you have already, but he's here. He's with us. And... Uh, so let's engage with him. I have a few leaflets, giveaways, uh, supernatural language, baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. Don't talk about it often, but those leaflets are free down the front or at the back. Also, daily medicine, healing scriptures. So um, that's the first miracle today. A Dutch person giving stuff away. <laughs> Amen. Work a lot in Europe. Europe is one of the mission fields of the 21st century. And uh, half a, probably half a percent Christian, if that. Holland, Belgium, France, uh, parts of Spain. Uh, and so we're aiming to plant churches there. I go there two or three times a year and uh, just encourage them to network together and be together and start new networks and new movements in a very needy part of the world. So, as I said, I want to talk about a mutual friend of ours. And before I go any further, I want to pray for uh, healing at the end of the service. We've seen some great healing uh, take place over the last few weeks. The last Wednesday is this Wednesday for, for uh, the healing meetings. Um, I was reminded this morning as I was praying, I, there was this lady in Amsterdam. She came to me and she's, she she was quite excited. Uh, the Dutch can be quite excited and in your face. So she said, look, look, look. And I'm thinking, what, what am I trying to look at? She said, I've got hair because her hair was all falling out. And we prayed just a very simple prayer in a, in a meeting. And uh, her hair's growing back. It's great. Had some interesting, uh, well, just heard this morning um, a Young mum uh, had a lump on her breast, prayed. We declared the healing power of God. Went back to the doctor, the, I think this week. Lumps seems to have disappeared. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Little baby they brought along had a, they didn't even want to say to us what the condition was. They were just so upset. Went back to the specialist specialist said that 
condition seems to have disappeared. God heals today. So we're going to pray for healing. I want to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit at the end of this service, released in other tongues. Ruach. Uh, Hebrew, the Hebrew word for spirit is ruach. And um, it's, it's the breath of God. You need to engage with your lungs and your breath to say that. And it's the breath of God, friends, that comes when we talk about the Holy Spirit. It's really interesting. Abraham was called Abraham. He was a father of a nation. God renamed him Abraham and put the H in there. Abraham needs the Holy Spirit. It has the Holy Spirit in there. Quite interesting, isn't it? Abraham, if you're going to be the father of many nations, you need the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit. So I do want to talk about this mutual friend of ours, a person called the Holy Spirit who longs to lead. He leads, he guides, he helps, he comforts. You, you have your own counselor with you, walking with you day by day. But a bit of background first. We come to a time when Jesus has been murdered. Yet the disciples witnessed his resurrection. Many of the disciples had seen Jesus. They were hiding. It was kind of an in-between stage, a weird in-between stage. They thought he was going to set up the kingdom. Still thought that in, in, uh, in, in Acts chapter, chapter 2 uh, and, or chapter 1. Uh, Don't leave Jerusalem, he said, until your father sends you the gift he's promised. They talked about him setting up the kingdom of God. And he said, no, I don't want you to just leave Jerusalem. He had, a king, he had another kingdom in mind. Completely different kingdom. The disciples still thought he was going to set up the kingdom. The one they'd followed faithfully for three years now is gone. There's confusion, there's fear, there's doubt, there's discouragement. What's happening? They left their businesses, they left their work. What's happening? We forget that they were under an oppressive regime, the Romans. The authorities were after them, trying to shut them down, trying to close them down. Kind of a lockdown in different sorts. Fear was barking at the door. The unknown. Then Jesus comes along and he makes this profound, uncomplicated statement in the book of Acts. In fact, he sums up the whole book of Acts in one verse. Masterful. Genius. Messiahish. <laughs> You will receive, what does it say? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's very clear. It doesn't say, maybe you'll receive power. When I was younger, I was saying, Lord, I've been a Christian now for 49 years. Unbelievable. How did that happen? And I thought in the early days, I thought, Lord, I hope I receive his power. I want, I want to receive his power. Anybody else like that? Even if you're not, just encourage me. Like, whatever, you know, like, uh, yeah, amen. And so, like, Lord, I, I, there's no ifs there. There's no maybes. There's no, I wonder what this really means to receive his power. I hope I receive his power. But Jesus said it so clearly, so uncomplicated. He's so uncomplicated. And he said, 
you will receive power. When do we receive power? When the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Let's just wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Maybe sit in your favorite chair this week sometime and just wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You will receive power. Power to be able to live. Power to be able to to parent, to be able to grandparent, to be able to work in your business. You will receive power. It's ours when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. So I'm simply saying this morning, allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Allow time to encounter God. It's not only that we want Him, we need Him. We really do. He's so kind. He's such a kind God, amen? He's such a forgiving God. He's more forgiving than I would be. He's for you. He runs after you. I know he ran after me. I wasn't that interested in God, really. I mean, it was exciting being a teenager in the 70s. With my Triumph Cub. Or Mark 1 Zephyr convertible. Does anybody remember those? that? Oh, good. <laughs> I was just wondering, like, my goodness. Stupid thing. He was running after me. He put something inside of me that enabled me to reach out to him. One sense, I had nothing to do with it. You will receive power. Turn to somebody next to you and say that. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Sometimes it's... Friends, it's not new stuff we need to hear. We need to be reminded of what we've heard and what we've learned or once we once did. This is simply a reminder. Second Peter talks about, I want to remind you, and he talks about reminding them about the promises of God. And he says, I'm going to do this to the day I die. I think I want to, I want to speak this message to the day I die, which is many years from now. Holy Spirit. You know, in the Old Testament, Jesus worked, or God worked with special people, special places, special times. We come to the New Testament, 400 years later, here comes Jesus, and his name is called Emmanuel. What's his name called? God with us. Here comes Jesus. God is with us. He's not just in front, behind, above, below, beside. He's in us. He lives in us. And then we receive the Holy Spirit. And in in John 14, it talks about that Jesus is with us, but the Holy Spirit is in us. The Godhead is in us. He lives in us. We're at a... Thanks, Joe. We're in an Alpha course a uh, number of years ago, helped a, a church being planted, helped friends, some friends plant a church. And we came to this time when everybody was, everybody asked Christ to come into their lives, went through the Alpha Course, pretty cool. Amen. Yeah. Best miracle ever. 11 or 12 of them. We were sitting in a room with some of the leaders and we spent a day just talking about the Holy Spirit. 
and uh, hearing the teaching. And then we asked the Holy Spirit to come. Guess what happened? The Holy Spirit came. Ruach, the breath of God, came. He filled people and people were just being... After a while, we just moved around and began to pray for folks. 10, 15 minutes later, everything settled down. But it was this lady opposite me. She's really upset or seemed to be crying like. And I said, what, what was going on for you? She says, oh. oh. I said, are they happy tears or sad tears? She said, oh, they're, they're really happy tears. I said, what happened to you? She said, oh. She said, Jesus came and he held my right hand. I thought, Really? I've never had Jesus hold my right hand. Anyways, she said, Jesus held my right hand. I said, what did that mean to you? She said, oh, I know I'll never be alone again. Now, she could have gone to a seminar for two or three days and talked about you know, God with us and had that revelation. But just in a moment, just in a split second, the Holy Spirit came just in a few minutes, just in a few moments, and just held her right hand. She knew exactly that God was with her. God is, is always with her. I'll never be alone again. She was a lady in her 50s, had some real struggles. A few weeks later, she was coming into the meeting. I said, hey, how's it? Um, how's is, is Jesus still with you? Is, still, is, is he holding your right hand? Said, oh, yes, he is. <laughs> Amen. Said anything else happening uh, to anybody? And this lady just alongside of me, she's well-resourced. She's really quiet. She's late, 50, late 40s, early 50s. She just said yes to Jesus. And she said, oh, she said, I saw Jesus. I said, really? And I'm thinking, I've never seen Jesus. How come she's seen Jesus? I said, what was that like? Tell me, just describe Jesus. I really want to know what he looks like. She said, oh, oh, I was sitting there. I was, I just, I was just, I was there and, and he was there. He, he was right there and it was, it was bright and it was, it was light and it was, he was, he was there and he was, oh, I don't know, she said. But I saw Jesus and I thought, yeah, she's seen Jesus. No person has seen him. He's indescribable. Totally indescribable. And she couldn't describe what she saw, but she knew that she had seen Jesus. Just in a moment. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. I asked Christ into my life in 1974. And I was a teenager. I backslid a little bit. Just, just. And uh, some friends of mine were worried about me who were going to youth group. And uh, 19, beginning of 1976, the, they gave me a book called Prison to Praise. Does anybody remember that book? Even Eleanor remembers that book. Amazing. By, uh, written by Merlin Carruthers. It's an interesting name, isn't it? Merlin. He wasn't a wizard. <laughs> anyway, I read, I, and being a teenager, you don't kind of read, well, I didn't read a lot. And so, but I just, 
in, in my room, I just picked up this book one day and just read it. I just read the first page and then the second and then the third. The whole book just brought me in, just came in, just got me in. And he was talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. So I, I, just, I just knew that I needed the Holy Spirit. No one kind of told me about the Holy Spirit. No one said anything about... Uh, this is how we can worship. I didn't even know the word. I didn't even know churches kind of like worship like we, we did this morning, like that kind of stuff. Anyway, I just, I, I knelt down in my room and just asked God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And he did. It's amazing. It's not what you know. It's who you know. I've discovered and so I, and then, and then I, I, I thought, what did he do? What happened after that? So I read the book, you know, a little bit more. Oh, he spoke in tongues. Oh, I better speak in tongues. Amen. Amen, James. It's wonderful. I don't think we do it enough. It's not a toy, it's a tool. And we need that tool. We need every tool that God gives to us. Going to plant churches? My goodness, you need the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go for it. Love the South. It's wonderful. Before I come, though, light the fire. It's freezing down there. So, so and then I was in a church, in the, in the Methodist church, and uh, at Bible class, we had Bible class. Anybody know what I'm talking about there, right there? <laughs> a few folks. And, and we had the Bible class. After Bible class, every Sunday, for a period of six to nine months, we had kids who wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, and we, we didn't know a lot. We just, we knew this Jesus, and we just went through the scriptures, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the scriptures that I've got on those leaflets there, and and then talked a little bit about it and just prayed for the folks as they're sitting around. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know how they heard about it because there was no social media then. There was no internet. There was no Instagram. There was no Twitter. There was no email. There was no like, no, how did they know this? It was just one of those times. They just knew something was going on in that back room. In the Methodist church. Methodist church. I mean, it's just fascinating history. 1850 to 1905, 55-year period in America, they were planting an average of 700 churches a year. 700 churches a year. They had something called the Holy Spirit, I believe. He fills us. He clothes us. He indwells us. He baptizes us. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit, friends, to function John on the island of Patmos, he was exiled. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, second part of the verse to verse 10, uh, it says, I was exiled on the island of Patmos. Why was he exiled on the island of Patmos? For preaching the word of God and simply his testimony about Jesus. That's all it was. He was exiled, he was put on an island. With murderers and criminals, thieves. Scholars say he was in his late 80s, early 90s. No ensuite. 
No hot running water. He was without friends. No social media to engage with his friends back home. No family there. He was exiled for simply preaching the word of God and for his testimony about Jesus. It was, and it says it was the Lord's day. It was the Lord's day. And it says, I was worshiping in the spirit. I don't know what the Lord's Day meant. It was one of the first times that it's mentioned in Scripture. Maybe he just made it the Lord's Day. I don't know. But he could have sat down on a rock and got quite depressed. I'm, not, I'm away from home. I'm an old man now. I don't have my friends with me. I, I, I can't go to you know, the, the, the normal church that I want to go to. But he, it was the Lord's Day. And he was worshiping in the Spirit. And suddenly, <laughs> I heard a, behind me a loud voice. Amen? Like a trumpet blast. And we're still reading Revelation 2,000 years later because of that. Just a moment. We get the book of Revelation. He allowed the Holy Spirit to come upon him. You will receive power. A young man went reluctantly to a Christian meeting in London. And about 8.45 p.m. as the person was leading the meeting talked about Christ in us. It said, he, he, and, I, and I quote, he said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ. Christ alone for salvation. He's taken away my sins and saved me from the law of sin and death. John Wesley was never the same from that moment on. As I said, saw thousands of churches planted around the world. You will receive power. It's not might. It's not maybe. It's not if. You will receive power to be able to live the life that God wants you to live. We need the Holy Spirit. We have so many self-help books, which are great. I love them all. There's more mental health stuff out there. There's emotional health stuff that helps. And, and, and it's wonderful and great. But friends, things are still in disarray. Yeah. Over 250 abortions per week in New Zealand. Per week. A small school every week. Eight out of ten police call-outs are for domestic abuse. I work a little bit with the police. I go into the family harm team and I uh, was in there last week. I said, how many, how many family events have you got to follow up on? I said, well, we got, got just over 500 emails. 500 emails. Now, they have to sort it through. 80%. And they say 80% are not recorded. This is happening in paradise. Eight out of ten. I, my boy was in the police for a while. 
And I, and I heard that stat. I couldn't believe it. So I rang him. I said, hey, is this true? Is this? Oh, he said, it's not eight, it's not eight out of ten, Dad. It's, 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 a, it's at least nine out of ten. No, really. Suicide rate in New Zealand is ten. On an average, is about ten per week. One of the highest suicide rates in the world. One of the highest youth suicide rates in the world. As I was thinking about this and praying about this, I just felt that someone here in the last few days has been battling thoughts of suicide. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, comes to you today. And he says, he hears your cry and sees your pain. He's after you. Please talk to somebody today before you leave the building or talk to somebody in the next day or two. Someone trusted. There is hope. And he's absolutely for you. He's the kindest person I know. He's a most wonderful person. He's kinder than I ever thought he was. We need the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. I can have a perfectly working Mack truck, huge truck with a semi-trailer, you know, takes those semi-trailers with them, but... It's hard to turn the steering wheel with my finger and my thumb when there's no engine running. Or I can simply get in, get a small key, fire up the engine, and with very little strength, I can drive that truck. Friends, we still still need to position ourselves. We still need to just put ourselves in that place. And we have the key, the Holy Spirit. He's with us. He's here. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. His address is your address. Your address is his address. Wherever you go, God is. I, Ten years ago or so, I was in a plane flying and I caught this uh, article in the, in the newspaper. It was about a homeless man who froze to death. He was unaware that he was about to inherit 12 million pounds. He froze to death under a bridge in Wyoming. He was, he was homeless. He wasn't meant to be homeless, but he was uh, uh, attached to a very, very, very wealthy family in America, and they're trying to find him. The story doesn't end there. The coroner uh, goes on to say that uh, Mr. Gray's body was found with a wallet containing uncashed checks of thousands and thousands of dollars. Do you remember what checks are? Or uncashed resources. Finances. He didn't have to die homeless, but they were in his back pocket. He never cashed them in. And as Christians, do we realize what we have in Christ? Do we really realize what we have in Christ? Or are we walking around with thousands of resources in our back pocket? Never using them. Let's make room. means quiet, waiting, patience, silence. Profoundly simple. Allowing the Holy Spirit to come upon you, you will receive power. Let's remind ourselves in the times of crisis and let's remind ourselves in the good times in all these seasons, let's allow the Holy Spirit, the breath of God to come upon us. 
Amen. We need the Holy Spirit. Please, today, allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you. This week, allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. You might have been a Christian for 40, 50, 60 years or one or two years. Allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you. He will change your life. He will enable you. He will empower you to do what God's called you to do in business or whatever it is. Ephesians 3.16. See, you're destined. You're destined to receive power. Ephesians 3.16. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources. Come on, let's all read it together. I pray that he, from His glorious... Uh, well, okay, it's different. May He grant you... Amen. Let's read that, shall we? May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner person, man, woman, by the Holy Spirit Himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. He will empower you with inner strength. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, my life verse. God is able to do exceeding abundantly. Amen. God is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we ask or think. Or um, God is able to do beyond all we ask. Or what, what are you asking? What are you thinking? What are you imagining in Christ? God is able to do beyond all we ask or think or imagine according to the power that works within us. Not according to my power, according to the power that works within us. You will receive power. Jesus is so clear. He's so uncomplicated. We complicate Christianity so much. Sometimes we complicate church. So Lord, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're with us. I'd like you all to stand, please. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way. Do your work. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked Christ to come into your life. He's absolutely for you. 49 years ago, I I did this. In a small meeting, it was a youth camp. And I went forward and asked Christ to come into my life. And today, you're not here by accident. Maybe you're here and you've never asked Christ to come into your life. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer. And I want everybody to pray it. And we're going to just pray and you just follow it through. And if that's you, you know who you are. You pray that prayer with meaning. And God will do something. God will change your life. You're never meant to live without God. Never. You're created for Him. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on a cross for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Lord, on the third day you rose again. 
I ask you to come into my life. Help me to be the person you want me to be. Amen. Very simple. And if that's you, with every head bowed for a moment, every eye closed just for a moment, if that's you, I'd like you just to raise your hand just very quickly. Just raise your hand if that's you. This happens here. If, that, if that's you, just raise your hand. Good on you, mate. If that's you, you've, you've prayed that prayer with meaning. Maybe you're here today and you once knew Christ like I did, you know, and, and, and had a wee, you know, for a year or so and came back to him. If that's you, just raise your hand really high so I can see it. He's for you. He's running after you. Great stuff. Great stuff. And as we, as the musicians play and as the singers sing, I'd like you to, if you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit or be released in tongues, be released in that heavenly language. Oh, we need to... Sometimes I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to pray for my friends in Europe, Holland, Belgium, France, Poland, UK. I, so I just start praying in that heavenly language. God speaking through me to them, for, for, for them in Jesus' name. And I just declare the, the touch of God over their lives and over their families and over the young ones. And I I, I just know God's hearing that and, and ministering to them in Jesus' name because I don't know exactly what's all going on, but God does. And so we need to, 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 to know that ability to do that. Imagine, imagine we did that day by day as we're driving the car or whatever, speaking in other tongues. So if that's you, just feel free to come to the front. Also, so if, if you come to the front, just come to my right your left. And if you need healing at all, come to my left and we'll lay on of hands. Jesus never prayed for healing. He told his disciples to heal the sick. Just heal the sick. He's so uncomplicated. Not easy, but he's so uncomplicated. So we're going to lay on our hands. We're going to declare the healing power of God over you. If you need healing at all, so as we sing, how about you do that in Jesus' mighty name? God is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we ask or think or even imagine according to the power that is at work in us. His power is at work in you. The breath of God, the Ruach of God, Allow him to come and minister to you this morning. One word from God, one touch from God can change a life. It really can. One phrase can change a life. I've seen that so many times. He's real. He's alive. We're never meant to live without his Holy Spirit. Christianity is just too difficult. Without the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I couldn't do it. I needed the baptism in the I need everything I, you know, I can get from God to be able to live this life that He has encouraged me to live. What an adventure.
Amen. What an adventure that we live in. Amen. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. Mm.